0: with me please to the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 3, Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 13, Galatians 3 and 13. We're going to continue our study this morning on redeemed from the curse. Amen. I mention him often from the pulpit, but Brother Keith Moore is one of my favorite Bible teachers and I uh enjoy the way he teaches the Word of God and we we share alike precious faith and last Sunday as I normally do when I leave here on Sunday night on my drive home I'm I'll get my iPhone out and open up his podcast and and listen to what he or begin to listen I obviously can't hear it all on the way home you know it's just a 20-minute drive to my house but I'll begin to listen what he preached over the weekend and then finish that up Monday and Tuesday and so I sitting out in the parking lot truck was idling. I pulled up his podcast. I was, you know, get that playing before I backed out. And um, he actually, last weekend at, at uh, Faith Life Church and they have a campus in Sarasota, one in Branson, Missouri, he preached redeemed from the curse of the law. <laughs> and I was like, man, Lord, that's uh, that's so cool because we that, obviously that's where we began um, on last week. So um, Sister Christie, I, I know it's not, your fault. I I evidently don't have a very good connection, so I'm going to swap over to my backup notes. And So, amen, you can help me on the screen there, if, if, uh, if you will. So Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Okay, so we see two key things here. Number one, that we've been redeemed from the curse and we were redeemed from the curse for the purpose of the blessing of Abraham now coming upon uh, you and me, uh, non-Jewish, non Uh, descendants, if you will, physical descendants of Abraham. So we see that we were brought out from under what the Bible calls the curse because Jesus became a curse for us. Now, what we're talking about here is substitutionary doctrine all right and if that's fancy words to you it's fancy words to me as well what that simply means is that Jesus was our substitute he came to represent us and as our substitute he became cursed so that we could become blessed amen now The Bible has a lot to say about both blessing and cursing. And there's a lot here that I know some of you already know and understand well. Um, Others, some of these things, while the terminology may not be new to you, what they mean from the word of God may be new to you. One of the things that we see in our world is that this idea of blessing has been reduced in a lot of people's minds to a quick prayer before a meal or something you say after someone sneezes. And the blessing, as it is referred to in Scripture, is so much more than that. Now, there's another thing when it comes to the blessing that we have to be aware of. And it has to do with this principle that familiarity breeds contempt. And and what that means is, even if something is true, you can hear it so many times that you become numb to it. You can hear a phrase, how about God loves you? God loves you, God loves you. Listen, we can never hear that too much, and it is so true, but a lot of people who throw around Jesus loves you, right, have no idea how much he loves us, have no idea what we're saying when we just, you know, throw that around. And so is the case then with you know this idea of, of of have a blessed day. We say that a lot. I'm blessed and highly favored. We say that a lot. Please keep saying it. Don't misunderstand me. Please keep saying it. Matter of fact, say it more. Say it more. But there's a difference between saying something and it just being shallow and empty words versus saying something with the understanding of the weight. And the meaning that's behind that that expression or that confession or that statement. Amen. My friend, you know, we can just say I'm blessed real casually. Or we can begin to fully understand and, 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 and more deeply comprehend what it really means to be blessed. Now, as we teach on these things, this is not just intended to make you aware of or more aware of this idea that you're blessed. But what I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to you and to me is that it's time for us to have a, 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 a mindset of blessing. In, in words, what I mean by by that is for our, our mindset and our approach and, and even our understanding um, be uh, one that, that is focused on and, and set upon the truth from God's Word and the reality of the new birth in our lives that, that we are blessed. So I don't know if this will be the title of today's message or not, but if we're going to title it right now, we would title this A Blessing Mindset. A blessing mindset ok now <clears throat> let me step back from this for just a moment and and review some things or renew some things uh, that I think are really important as we forge ahead in this <clears throat> the Bible says that you are a three-dimensional being, you are a spirit, you possess a soul, and then all of that's contained within a physical body. So you are a multi-dimensional being. We are most familiar with our flesh or what the Bible calls the part of us that's the outward man, the outward part of us, the outward man. But the real you is inside, what the Bible calls the inward man. And it's the inward man that's been born again. It's the inward man that has been made righteous. It's the inward man that has been made free. It's the inward man, are you following me, that has been given rest. And it's the inward man that has been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We'll look at that verse here in a moment. That's Ephesians chapter chapter 1 verse 3. Okay, Now, the same Bible that teaches we've been made righteous also teaches that the righteousness we've become inwardly must be worked outwardly in our lives. Come on, as a lot of folks get hung up right here. Discipleship is about the inward expression, I'm sorry, the inward reality of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life. I say that all the time around here, and I'm going to keep on saying it, okay? The inward reality of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life. The Bible says your inward man's being renewed day by day, but your outward man is perishing. Same person experiencing two separate realities at the same time. One part of you is on the increase. One part of you is on the decrease. Amen. Now, see, we've been so conditioned by the things of the flesh that we think if we're experiencing something in our outward man that that has to be true for our entire being my friend that is not the case that is not the case at all right so let's go back over when you were born again that inward part of you um, became righteous that inward part of you became free just as righteous as jesus just as free as jesus amen it received rest And it became blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now, if we go to Matthew, the 11th chapter, let me just get some of this laid out here, and then we'll get back to, I just, amen. We need this backdrop to understand um, when the Bible says, for instance, that you are blessed, you can't make the mistake of looking at the circumstances in your life that may not necessarily Point to you being blessed and think, well, I'm not blessed because my circumstances say that I'm not blessed. Had a brother before church. He wasn't complaining or whining about it. He was just kind of letting me know that uh, he had a problem with his furnace, he had a problem with his microwave, had a problem with something else, you know, in his life. And you, and you, so again, you look at the circumstances, things that stand around you in a circle, and and you say, well, you know, I. I must not be blessed because this is happening over here and this is going on over there and we got this problem over here and we can't forget about this stuff back here. And and so we hear that we're blessed and we think, well, I'm not blessed, but hopefully one day I will be. Remember, we don't live from the outside in. We live from the inside out. It begins inwardly and then works its way outwardly in your life. So the way Father... Um, fixed our living unrighteously, our unrighteous behavior, was he made us righteous inwardly and then began to teach us in the Word of God how to live by faith based upon the righteousness that we've already become. So, once again, that the inward reality of your righteousness will become an outward expression of righteous living in your life. This is why the Bible says things like study to show yourself approved unto God, right? He didn't say study to be approved. He said study to show yourself approved. This is why the Word of God is referred to as instructions in righteousness. Because the idea is you've received something. you've, You've received a righteousness from Him as a gift. And now the Word of God is instructions in how to operate and function in that righteousness. Jesus said, back again, Matthew 11, he said, come to me and I'll give you rest. Learn from me and you will find rest for your souls. Any person that comes to Jesus, Jesus gives them rest. But there's a lot of people that Jesus has given rest that have not yet discovered the rest, and they're not yet enjoying the rest. In other words, the inward reality of rest has not yet become an outward expression of living a peace field. Are you following what I'm saying now? Living at rest. There's a difference. So again, you cannot make the mistake of looking at circumstances in your life and say, well, he didn't give me rest. I came to Jesus and Jesus didn't give me rest because I ain't got no rest. No, he gave you rest. But remember, he said, come and I will give. Learn and you will find. Amen. So come and I'll give you rest, learn of me and you'll find rest. Come and I will give you righteousness, learn of me and you will live righteously. Come and I will make you free, learn of me and you will walk in freedom. Whom the Son has set free shall be free indeed. Come to me, and I will bless you. Learn from me, and you will walk in the blessing that I have already given to you. See the difference here? I teach these things in, uh, in my morning classes at the foundry. And let me, let me just quickly run through this, if, if, I, if I could. I want you to imagine for a moment that you're a third-generation slave in rural Mississippi, December 19th, 1865. Well if you know your history, you know that on December 18th, 1865 the legislation was passed and the Constitution of the United States was amended that made you a free man or a woman. You're free. You are free. You were just made free by the most powerful government on the earth, right? Reckon you even have been told that on December 19th, 1865. I mean, it's not like you got a smartphone in your pocket and you got a news alert from Fox News that says, hey, good news if you're a slave. You follow what I'm saying? So, So legally you're free but vital. so let's, let's say you find out. Somebody, you know, word travels fast and, 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 and word gets to you that the President of the United States and the legislature of the United States says you're free, okay? Uh, who are you going to call? You're a third-generation slave. Everybody you know, you were stolen from your homeland, drugged to another country, made a slave. That, your great-great-grandfather, you know, three generations ago, it's all you've ever known. So my question is this. Are you ready? Here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the question. Can you be free and not look like you're free? Can, can you be free and not live like you're free? Can, can you be free and not even know you are? Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's take, can you be righteous? and not live righteously? Yeah. Yeah. Can you be righteous and not not look righteous? Can you be righteous and not know you're righteous? Yeah. Can you be blessed and not know you are? See, that's the part right here. Come on, are you with me this morning? Can you be blessed and not know you're blessed? Can you be blessed and, and people looking at you not think of you as someone who's blessed? Can you be blessed and not look blessed? Yes. That's why in 2 Corinthians 5, he says to not regard anyone according to their outward appearance because the outward can't tell the full story of the inward. Now, when we say a blessing mindset, we we have got to learn how to align our thoughts, words, and actions with the reality of the inward man instead of what we have done perhaps most of our lives. And that's align them with what's going on around us. My friend, you're blessed. You're blessed. This isn't a matter of trying to get God to bless you. He has blessed you before us the challenge that's in front of us is learning how to live like blessed people which begins with a blessing mindset can I tell you what most people have on planet earth they don't have a blessing mindset they have a cursed mindset they have a mindset that is more reflective of of being cursed than being blessed let me, let me try to help you connect with what I mean here. Have you ever heard the expression like when things are really going well in a, in a situation? Let's say you've got some big project at work and, and, um, and, and everything is just going smoothly, everybody's on time, uh, it's coming in under budget. Um, you know everything you need is there when you need it and and it just couldn't be going more smoothly and somebody says yeah but we're waiting for the other shoe to drop how about let's just use that same example and and everything's going smoothly and somebody walks into a meeting and they say something like this. They say, man, this project, I, I, I've never seen a project go so smooth. I, I, I mean, it's like everything is just, is just falling into place. And, 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 and then somebody speaks up and says, oh, no, 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 don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. See that's a that's a that's a mindset that's 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 been influenced by the curse. Somebody says something about um, you know my children have have uh, you know they're they're in middle school and and um, they're making good grades and and they've 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 stayed out of trouble, and then they go knock on wood. Knock on wood. Why are we knocking on wood? Well we're knocking on wood because we don't want to jinx it. You know where the knock on wood originated from? If you're if this is this is this is my when I say my favorite, it couldn't be further from my favorite. Knock on wood. Knock on their head. Oh, sweet Jesus. You know where that came from? They believe that that demonic spirits inhabited wooden idols. And so when we talk about something going well in our lives, we want to knock on that wooden idol and basically say to that demonic spirit, hey, we, we know you could mess us up at any time. We're just kind of giving you a little shout out here. Please lay off and don't, don't interfere with our, our kids in school. Don't interfere with our project at work. That's literally what that means. Remember that next time you feel compelled to knock on wood, all right? But where does this come from? It comes from a mindset that is not a, a blessing mindset. It's, it's a cursed, a cursing mindset, right? And by cursing mindset, I don't mean people who say four-letter words. I'm talking about a mindset that has been influenced by the curse instead of the blessing. Remember, Jesus redeemed us from under the curse. Every human being on planet Earth has lived under the curse in some capacity, in some way. And anything that we live under has a tendency to affect the way we think. It has a tendency to affect our mindset. Amen. And so we lived under the curse. Jesus came under that curse, becoming a curse for us. He lifted it off of us and took it away from us. Amen. But what has, what has remained in, in, in our in our minds is a, is a mindset that was forged while living under the curse. How about this? Expect the best, but prepare for the worst. Expect the best but prepare for the worst. Doesn't the Bible say something about being (laughs) double-minded? It says a double-minded man's unstable in all of his ways. But notice how double-minded that, that sounds like practical wisdom. That sounds like homespun wisdom. No, it it sounds like a mindset that's been formed while living under the curse. It's double-mindedness. Expect the best, but prepare for the worst. How about this one? You win some, and you lose some. Now, we also see a curse-based mindset revealed in people's obsession with luck. When something really awesome happens in someone's life, people say, Wow! She sure is lucky! The subtle mindset is that bad, hard, and negative is the norm, and any deviation from the norm is rare and unusual, therefore, man, she sure is lucky. A curse-based mindset has us expecting things to be hard, has us expecting things to be negative, has us expecting things to not work out, and so we are pleasantly surprised when they do. And we consider that to be, again, an anomaly, this, this rare thing. See, there are people all over the state of Alabama this morning who believe if they'd have just had on their lucky socks, if they'd have just fixed Chicken wings like they fixed chicken wings last year. Right? Man, I wasn't thinking. I didn't put on my, my, my teen shirt yesterday. See good luck charms, a lucky hat. All of these things are acknowledgments that there's more to life than meets the eye. I'm gonna tell you where this really hit home for me, and and these are millionaire, in some cases, billionaire owners of uh, NBA, you know, National Basketball Association, NBA teams, their their draft selection is based on a lottery. In the NFL, the team that has the worst record, they get the first pick uh, in the draft, you know, the, the following season. In the NBA, it doesn't work that way. You go in and you draw and you could have won the, the championship for the last three years and get the number one pick in, the, in next year's draft, right? And so all these billionaire owners, they, they, they ask them about it, and, and it's amazing all the different rituals that they go through. The lucky rabbit's foot, the this, the that. I mean, these are, these are wealthy, educated people who are thinking that because, you know, they've got on two different color socks that, that this is gonna somehow give them a better chance of, of getting that number one draw. Let me, let, me, let me tell you what that is right there. It, it, if it's anything, it's an innate sense that there's more going on here than meets the eye. And this is the best we know how to do, and, and, and the best way we know how to try to influence it in our favor. By some rabbit's foot that's been dyed blue on a keychain that we got when we were a kid at a convenience store coming home from vacation. We put it in our pocket because we want to get the best basketball player on our team and just and, and so again then we, we try to rationalize it by saying well what could it hurt it can only help it can't hurt nothing can I ask you a simple question Do you expect things to always work out in your favor? Amen. See, that's a blessing mindset. A blessing mindset says, I always win. He always causes me to triumph. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world, and by his stripes I was healed. Amen. It always works out in my favor. Amen. It always works out in my favor. I'm going to butcher it. I I should have looked it up. It's not in my notes, but Marilyn Hickey is recent. I think it's supposed to come out soon. I'm looking forward to reading it. She has an autobiography coming out soon, and the title is something to the effect of um, if I haven't won yet, it's not over. If I haven't won yet, it's not over. Amen. Because of the blessing that is upon my life. Now, the same Bible that teaches us about the blessing also teaches us about the curse... And in the same way that the blessing is an unseen force of of favor and empowerment and enablement upon you, the curse is an unseen force working against you. There's something that was created in response to the curse. It's called Murphy's Law. And Murphy's Law, in essence, says if anything can go wrong, it will But my friend we are no longer under the curse which means we are no longer under Murphy's law come on now turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1 there's a couple of things that I want to try to get to this morning I I, I may just come back um, tonight and look at all of Ephesians 1 but let's Let's just, I say all of Ephesians 1. I got about 10, 11 verses here, maybe 8 verses. I don't know how many. So. Um, Ephesians chapter 1, and let's begin with verse number 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3. Now, this is the key verse, but there's so much more that's associated, connected with this in, in the context of Scripture here. Um, so we'll look at some of those things uh, maybe in more detail this evening, but Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved, Verse 3 says, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If you have not yet committed that passage to memory, I would highly recommend you do so, and do so quickly. Amen. That you have been blessed, I have been blessed, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice it doesn't say you will be blessed with every spiritual blessing, but past tense, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So this, among many other verses, Galatians 3, we've already looked at that this morning. The Bible says it very clearly here, that not that God will bless, but that you have been blessed. If you have been blessed, that means this morning you are blessed. If I have been blessed, that means I am blessed. Amen. Amen. Now there's some key things here. For instance, when he says, been blessed with every spiritual blessing, the thing about a spiritual blessing is that it has no expiration if it's spirit in nature it's eternal it's a truth amen the Bible says the things which are not seen they are eternal the things which are seen the things which are visible they are temporary so because we've been blessed with a spiritual blessing this means that we have been blessed spirit with a spiritual blessing and we have been done so eternally My friend, I am blessed this morning, I will be blessed tomorrow morning, I will be blessed 50 years from now, I will be blessed 100 years from now, I will be blessed 1,000 years from now, I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. His blessing upon my life is not based upon my behavior. It's not based upon whether I've earned it or deserved it. His blessing and Him blessing me with every spiritual blessing is based upon Jesus becoming a curse for me because Jesus became a curse for me. He took that curse off of me. He carried it away from me so that now the blessing of Abraham can become mine. Amen. So, I am blessed. You are blessed. Amen. Now, the next thing here, and I want to, praise God, I'm about out of time this morning. Let's, let's just hang in there. Just, you got a few more minutes. Just let me at least get this part to you, okay? For years, I've known that this verse was really, really important. That he's revealing something to me here and to you here that we, we need to lay hold of by faith. But I think sometimes we stumble at the idea of being blessed with every spiritual blessing because we think spiritual blessing, man... I don't need a spiritual blessing this morning, I need a financial blessing. I need a physical blessing. I need a material blessing. I I don't need a spiritual blessing, I need some money in my bank account. I don't need a spiritual blessing, I need a new car. I don't need a spiritual blessing, I need to pay my power bill, right? You feel what I'm saying? And so we tend to look at this concept of a spiritual blessing and we think, well, you know, Man, I, I, I thank you for that, Lord. I, I imagine when I get to heaven, that'll be pretty nice, you know, to be spiritually blessed. Um, but I, I'm, in, I'm in a real world down here right now. I'm in the physical world right here right now, and I don't need a spiritual blessing. I need a physical blessing. Well, again, that, that's revealing a lack of understanding on our part, because blessing, by virtue of what it is, right, means it's spiritual. Matter of fact, I think somewhere in my notes, Christy, I don't know, ver- slide thirty-two. Every blessing is spiritual. Amen. Every blessing originates in the heavenly realm by virtue of what the blessing is, not I you be, you know, bless you, not. Uh, God is good, God is great, let us thank him for our food No, no, I'm talking about what the Bible The Bible definition The Bible understanding of blessing And the Bible understanding of blessing Is when Father God takes uh, From his world An ability, an empowerment An enablement And places it upon someone or something In this world, amen Amen and and by, by so doing that, it causes that thing to increase, it causes that thing to grow, it causes that thing to prosper, it causes that thing to be strong, or, you, or that person to be strong, that person to grow. So when we talk about God blessing, by by virtue of what blessing is, all blessings are spiritual. See, we have this tendency to look at the result of the blessing and call that the blessing. We've got to understand the difference between the blessing and what the blessing produces. Amen. Oh, Praise God. Tonight I want to show you in Leviticus where God told them. He said, listen, I want you to farm for six years. But on the seventh year, I don't want you to plow. I don't want you to plant. I I want you to leave the, the, the field as it is because the land needs to rest. And so the natural question then from that was, so what are we going to eat? Because in their day, it, you, Lord, you, whatever you planted and, and, and produced from the land was your food for the year. Are you ready for this? God said, I don't want you to plant anything the seventh year. I want you to let it rest for a year. And then the eighth year you will plant again But it won't be until the ninth year that you'll have anything to eat. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to command my blessing upon your efforts in that sixth year. And when I command my blessing upon what you plant in the sixth year, it will produce three years worth of food for you and your family. Think about that for a minute. That's the power of the blessing. But notice now in this case, it, 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 were they blessed with a spiritual blessing? Absolutely. It was something from God's world. It was something from the heavenly realm that he commanded upon a seed, in, physical seed in physical ground here on the earth. Are you seeing this? It was a spiritual blessing that produced supernatural increase. It produced supernatural multiplication and harvest. Right? Are you seeing this? So you would, you know, for God to say, look, I'm going to bless you spiritually. In that sixth year, I'm going to bless you spiritually. Then folks are like, we don't need no spiritual blessing in the sixth year. We need some food for years seven and eight and nine. They wouldn't have understood what he meant by spiritual blessing. What God literally did is he commanded something from his world upon something in their world that caused something in their world to produce three times what it would have otherwise produced for them. Amen. Now, singers, musicians, stay right there. I'm going to call you in just a second. I want you to be sure you hear this. All right. This is what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to me. You pray about it. You search it out for yourself. This is what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to me. And I'm going to say it to you, okay? When he says, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing, think of it like this. There are all kinds of spiritual blessings that will produce all kinds of results here in this life and the life that is to come. And you have been blessed with every one of them. Every kind of spiritual blessing that exists in the heavenly realm is yours now. The one that makes crops multiply, the one that enables daughters that have been told they can't have children to have children. He blessed them and told them to be fruitful and multiply. The blessing for multiplication, the blessing for increase, the blessing for dominion, the blessing to correct things that are out of alignment. All of these are... the blessing is is what does this. Every kind of blessing that has ever been mentioned or talked about in the Word of God, he says, every one of them now is yours. Okay, singers, musicians, you come on, please, now. Careful how you answer. When I say careful, what I mean is considerate. Do you believe it? Come on now. Do you believe it? Do you believe that the blessing of multiplication and increased harvest is upon you? Yes, Amen. Oh man, I'm so excited. What did Jesus do with that little boy's lunch For he fed all them people? What did he do? He blessed it. Yes, he did. Amen. He blessed it. He took that little boy's lunch. I don't know if it was wrapped in foil or not. He blessed it. He commanded the blessing upon it. Hallelujah. Amen. And now, one little boy's lunch fed thousands and thousands of people. That's the power of the blessing. And you, my friend, have been blessed with every yes, spiritual it was it, Is there anything in our world that can take a little boy's lunch and feed thousands? No, it came from the heavenly realm. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. That's right. Blessing. Every blessing is spiritual. It, it came from God's world into our world and multiplied that little boy's food. You've got that same blessing. You have been blessed with that blessing. <laughs> you have been empowered with that empowerment. You have been enabled with that enablement. Oh, Praise God. Stand with me this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Are you getting anything out of this? Yes. Amen. Praise God. Maybe I'm making the mistake of looking at your faces. Praise God. Amen. Your faces aren't telling me you're getting this. Amen. I want you to to see this. Now let's go back to it. I'm going to pray, but let's go back to it. Faith. All of this is activated by faith. All of this in other words, if you're going to walk in this, you're going to walk in it by faith. And it begins with a blessing mindset. I said this months ago on a Wednesday night Bruce Basden made himself a daily calendar reminder on his phone so every day he is automatically reminded and it went something like this even when it looks like I'm losing, I'm winning even if it looks like I'm not blessed I'm blessed because it ain't based on what it looks like amen all right, let me pray for you. Father, thank you.